you have a quip. We'll put that for a quip. It's just cadals. Alright. Welcome back to another perfect episode of the Witty Banter Show, episode number 133. I am your host, Max. With me today only is Mr. Chase Williams. That's me. Thank you very much for introducing me. The podcast probably doesn't know, the podcast audience probably doesn't know who I am, so it's good to finally be introed. Yeah, feel uh, free to just properly. explain all about yourself, you know, like, you know, who are you as a person, what are your likes and dislikes, your list of your fears, everything like that. Yeah, secured, social security number. Uh, that's it, yeah, perfect. Well, unfortunately, Chase, or unfortunately, Hunter could not be with us here today. He is too busy, crunching numbers, uh, doing other accounting things, and if it's anything like the movie, he's also killing people. So that's, Yeah, secretly. Yeah. I mean, dude, give him, give him a few years. Yeah, when he they get promoted now, he's jolly. Yeah, he's in the Bitcoin, but he might yeah. start getting closer to that darker side of the Internet, man. Absolutely. What, what the Silk Road dot com kind of situation? Yeah, we don't know, dude. We don't we know, know where his Google searches go anymore. He deletes that shit easily. Absolutely. He's untraceable. Untraceable man. Actually, uh, I, but, don't think that, I think Hunter would be the most traceable guy, given his technical prowess with most most things. You think he would be that traceable because of I that? I think he I would know. be moderately traceable. Moderately traceable, moderately traceable hunter could not be here because he is working too hard, unfortunately. But luckily, you got two slackers like us just dicking Shrugs. around who have nothing better to do but to make a fucking podcast about all their favorite stuff together. Yep. So we're gonna keep it a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit more loosey goosey, chilling, you know, a little bit. Uh, Chase, we've already talked about this a little bit, but I do want to bring it up again. All right. Okay, you ready for it? I am. You ready think for it. you think that I don't respect people in fighting oh, okay. games? Okay. <laughs> okay, okay right. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get a little, a little broad. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like you think that I am apparently just some pompous asshole who at one point got really good at fighting games and decided that I was just going to shit oh, on all of my you're friends. You're definitely resting on your laurels, Max. I have am to I? say, I think you are, man. I think you see people. Like uh, Israel, who yeah. is on that true grind. And oh, the I don't true think grind. You have just, I don't think you get in the lab enough, man. I think you are coasting mm-hmm. on a couple years of skills that you've built up. And I just, and I think yeah. now for the first time, you're realizing that you might have to start kicking it on again. That I, that I got to fucking get into the lab, man. Cause I realized lately that I don't like fucking labbing. You don't do anything in the lab. You're you're going off of the same shit all the time, dude. I don't do anything in the lab? You think I'm predictable and you think I don't have any new tech? You don't think I I do that kind of shit? Well, you definitely don't have new tech. You do the same shit with every character you play. But I don't think you've needed to get in the lab. That doesn't mean you're a bad player. I'm just up until now, you've reached a certain peak on the mountain. But, you know, I mean, we know now that that's not going to fly in Guilty Gear. Definitely and not going to play. And Cole Gear. Blair is hot on your tails. He's a gold fucking Street Fighter He's player. Two now. ranks behind me right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's and then fucking scary. Israel is just washing me in fucking Tekken every day now. Because that man hits the yeah, lab. He's like run away with Tekken. That guy's gone. He's gone. He's far into the future. Yeah, Our first exactly. set that we played was even, and every set after that has gotten worse and progressively worse for me. <laughs> yeah, because he been, goes into the lab. Yeah, because he plays that game and trains it. Uh, I know. I, I understand that. And I do realize that lately that like I went into the lab to play Guilty Gear and I realized uh-huh. that I don't even like know what to do. how to lab anymore. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like I don't even dude. know like, OK, I'm here. Now what? You know, exactly. I, I don't even fucking know, man, because I'm, I'm so far behind. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, that's going to be one of the big things with Dragon Ball Fighters that I'm going to really try to get under my belt is learning that training mode, the tra- yeah. whatever training mode system they have in there. And like, absolutely, I've been one to like set up certain scenarios in a training in a lab and all that, and then practice combos. But I've never yeah. been one to like get character specific um, movements recorded. And like, you realize that to be the best yeah. player, you almost have to know how to play every character, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Which is which is okay because I want to play every single character in Dragon Ball Fighter Z. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there's so a lot of good ones. Much, yeah, for sure. Uh, but you know, I'm glad we aired that out just a little bit. You know, making sure that you and know look, that I respect you I, as a fighting game player, Chase. You can have it. You can so have it. You are the you are the fucking Guilty Gear King. You are I, the 
And that's it's it's not just about like you have a game, Chase. It's you have the most established, like technologically advanced game. You think that that's the most like that's the deepest game? Within like the top seven, like the Evo games, right? Like look at uh-huh. all the Evo games. Okay. Between Tekken and Guilty Gear, I would say that yeah, you know, I might have to I think I have to give it to Guilty Gear. I would say that Guilty Gear is number one and Tekken's number two. Well, thank you. I mean in all joking, this like I always say that it's just super hard to pin you down because you're you're like you're hilarious. You'll never you'll never give up in your uh, in your defense of yourself. It's really hard to pin you down, and that's and that's where I say that you don't have you, <laughs> that you don't respect people's because I just want to hear it. God damn it! I feel your you. Mouth every it's once like we're married, and I haven't told you that I love you in a long time. But I like, know. You should I just know. Want a little you know goddamn what I mean? affection. Like, you know, exactly. Like, you know, but you want to hear it kind of thing. So I, exactly. I feel that. Absolutely. I understand that, of course. So I'm <laughs> glad that we got that out of the way. We can finally have a good podcast, just the two of us, best buds, hanging out. We're going to keep it a little bit more loose form here. You know, we got some some shared experiences we're going to be going over, as well as a lot right. of emails at the end as well. But of before course. we even get into that, are you drinking anything today? I am. So I pulled out of the wooden box of alcohol today yeah. the Westland Whiskey. It's an American single malt whiskey. 48% alcohol by volume, so a little stout. I'm sure it'll be up in my noggin by the time we're done with the uh, the podcast. It That's comes great. out of Seattle, Washington. Apparently started by a man who owned a paper company, and then he said, fuck that, I'm getting into whiskey. And he said, paper sucks. Paper doesn't get like, you dude, nearly as drunk as has, I need to. Yeah, there's no future in paper. Yeah, no future in paper. Up. When is everybody going to fucking use paper? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try this one because this is another one of Darian's favorites. She swears by this whiskey, and it's got apparently a very rich, deep malt uh, flavor. So we'll, we'll just... We'll roll from here and see how it, how it tastes later. I'm down. I'm down to see how that... Uh ends up uh for me i will be expanding on my pc festive theme which is going to be with the buffalo bayou brewing company's gingerbread stout anyone can enjoy a gingerbread man it doesn't you know i eat gingerbread man on the first day of hanukkah i eat it uh when i wake up for christmas morning gingerbread men you know they themselves have their own denominations so it's not gingerbread day of course, exactly. absolutely. Well, yeah, they, they can be for anything. Yeah, but that's in March. But uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, but yeah, this is going to be it's it's good. I mean, I, I haven't had a stout in a long time on the show, but I think that this being a gingerbread stout is going to make it a lot more approachable than your standard stout. So I won't go into it too much now. We'll kind of revisit it at halftime and see how I feel about it then. Right? I can do that. You you okay with that? Yeah, okay, I think we'll. Uh, I'm following you, dude. You're the you're the fucking host tonight. See, when usually, when yeah. it's just Hunter and myself, mm-hmm. I take over hosting duties. I like to turn it into a like a Hunter centric interview show because make him feel the, special. Exactly, the show, it's the easiest know? way to fill <laughs> Give time. Him just ask Give him, him about him. And yeah, he goes. absolutely. And he just runs with it. Yeah, he said, hey, Hunter, what's up with Hunter nowadays? And he just, boom, 45 minutes, just writes itself. Yeah, I know, yeah. Much. I'm like, yeah. guys, we got a break at some point in time. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I, I understand let's, that. Let's see so what we, the max you, driven. You put it yeah. on me now. Yeah, I, that's okay, because you know what, Chase? We're going to talk about we're gonna talk about us for the rest of the episode, all right? And about <laughs> oh, our shared experiences between the two I know a lot us, about that. Is, yeah, that's our favorite subject is us. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive on into it. This is Witty Banter. Before we go into this, Chase, I do want to just mention with Cole now hitting uh, gold yeah. in Street Fighter V, he's also he's curious about Guilty Gear. Oh, I know. Yeah, he and likes he Guilty Gear. He thinks Guilty Gear is cool. He thinks Guilty, Guilty Gear, Gear is, is cool. A, is a neato game and he wants to and i think he's catching that bug of being good see that's one thing about fighting games is that once you start getting good the games get a lot funner to play oh absolutely absolutely of course and now that he's good i think he's like willing to maybe start spreading his wings a little bit because gold i mean that's nothing to scoff at oh absolutely not and like he was always kind of saying like even recently um I may not like really focus on Dragon Ball Fighters. I just want to keep playing Street Fighter. And me personally, I was like, all right, well, that kind of sucks. But I think yeah. even more recently, he's said he's shown his interest in Guilty Gear. Um, and he made a good point. He's like, I think honestly playing Dragon Ball Fighters is going to make me want to get even more into Guilty Gear. And, and though I've been yeah. saying that Dragon Ball Fighters is going to be the game, 
I still don't think I'm going to put down Guilty Gear. Like, I Absolutely. am just having so much fun with that game every time I play it, and I continue to see progress week after week, which has been yeah. the best part, you know? Absolutely. And I think that it, it goes... Uh, not a lot of people understand that. I think that playing other fighting games helps you become a better fighting game player. Mm-hmm. I really do think that that's the case. And I think that sometimes... I get so single-minded, you know, I'll play a lot of Street Fighter five and I'll play and I'll try to, and I'm not playing a fighting game anymore. I'm playing Street Fighter five. I'm not playing fighting games anymore. I'm playing Street Fighter five. And then I go into another game and then I play those, I play Street Fighter five and guilty gear. And what happens? You get wrecked. Fucking, I get annihilated. Uh-huh. By you, right, because you're playing leave. Guilty Gear. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. absolutely. You're playing Guilty Gear. I'm not even playing the same game as you at that point. So totally. I do think I mean, that, yeah. And and people who are super good at all fighting games, like they, they're at a point where it's not. Let me learn the muscle memory and then go through the motions. It's like, no, I'm gonna learn. I know how to play fighting games, mm-hmm. and I just need to learn whatever character or system I'm using right now, and then I'm there. You know, absolutely. They're thinking while they play. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, right. It's crazy. There's a lot of so we so you and I we watched a tournament this weekend, a very important yes. one, one close to my heart, uh-huh. and one that I guess you caught on in your free time. Yes, because you got a lot of stuff going on and you don't really give a shit about it. But we it's Capcom away Cup, from my heart. Capcom Cup was this past weekend, and if you're not familiar with Capcom Cup, essentially all throughout the year there's a season of Street Fighter Five where people go to various tournaments all throughout the world. You know, America, fucking Asia, uh, Latin America, and they play in all these tournaments and you get uh, amount of points depending on how high you rank in the tournament. And then at the end of the year, they calculate all your points together and the top 32 all play together. Roughly, that's a simplified explanation because there's some other things that go into it. But for the most part, the top 32 players in the world all play together at the very end of the year. And uh, I was super excited for it, man, because I think that Street Fighter Five. One, just this season has been very topsy-turvy. I think that the people that were very dominant at the very beginning were not very dominant at the very end. Yep. And I think that different like characters were really being developed a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that this new season of characters and like the pat the DLC characters from last year were all being really hashed out. Characters were being played in a really different way to a point to where the it felt much more volatile every single match. And I was filling out my bracket, man. And literally every single match, I had to look at it for like a couple minutes and think like, what the fuck would yeah. I do? You know what I yeah. mean? I had no fucking clue, man. And that's you've 32 got, different people. Exactly. You've got so you've got the biggest names in the entire sport all fighting yeah. each other. And, you know, I agree. That was one thing I noticed when I was watching, going through and, and catching up on it is there was just a large array of characters that mm. were viable. Like so much more of the cast, I feel like is being used, and that's always a good sign. Like there are a few um, ex- omissions, you know. Like there's no yeah. Vegas, there's no um, yeah, fuck what what's it called? A uh, jury? There's no jury. There's no Fang. So there's definitely some tears, you know. I didn't mm-hmm. really see any Chun Li's, but it does it does feel like a pretty like flat and wide game, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people give. Street Fighter Five shit for being unbalanced because it has some characters that look really stupid in the way that they play. Like their their power set seems really like overly powered. But at the same time, when you look at the top eight, what there were seven different characters in the top eight, right. which is pretty ridiculous to me. And then if you look across the board, like you said, like you you named like two characters, one of which was being played by Infiltration, who could have easily won last chance qualifiers. Right. And then, you know, like, and there's maybe two other characters that you just, you know, wouldn't, that just happen to not be in it, right? Because they, you know, there there is definitely a bottom tier. But the rest of the cast is almost pretty spread apart. It's like there's, you know, there's like five top tier characters, five bottom tier characters, and then the rest are just middle. And just to... One, you know, just to throw out spoilers for the entire tournament, one of the characters that I don't think anybody really thought of as being top five, maybe as being good, took the whole right. fucking tournament. Yeah. Right. And, and with such a that character has such a so many cool has such a grab bag of tools that it creates yeah. this unorthodox play style, which you need an unorthodox player to utilize. And that's exactly what we got. Yeah. And it took him all the way to the top. 
Of course, we're talking about Mena RD from the yep. fucking Dominican Republic, man, really representing for not only like not only for birdie players, but for his whole community, because I think that the Latin American community does not get as much credit as it deserves. That is a fucking strong area for fighting games. Yep. Especially after it. KOF fell off. We haven't yeah, really seen much from that side. Absolutely. And then you'll notice that in a lot of different uh, like fighting games, like they'll come out with like DLC packs for costumes like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter where it's like Brazilian theme and stuff. Yeah. And you first look at it and you're like, what? Why would they do this? Because there's such a strong scene down there all throughout the all throughout Latin America. Man, it's crazy. And it's awesome. And I think that main already really showed that. And this is cool. Like he's he's a name I've seen once or twice throughout the year, yeah. but I just always considered him as a name that showed up when he could and the fact that he went all the way i think even adds to the idea that anyone can win and if you put in the time and you put in the effort you can be the best in the world and he beat tokido the evo champion and one of and and he reset the bracket with tokido um he did he played tokido three times yeah which is incredible um so yeah hats off to him dude that was that was awesome, and, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about with the tournament is just so, some of the narratives uh, yeah. going in and coming out of. Obviously, um, at the start of this year, Punk had made a name for himself and just his quick yes. rise to yes. power, as it yes, were, and then goes into Evo, makes it into second place, and you're like, wow, this kid's the real fucking deal. Yeah. He's ready to come back at Capcom Cup, and I felt like this was his moment to to recapture mm-hmm. um the conversation and, and get the spotlight back on him and watching him fizzle out in top 16. I still recognize him as one of the best players in the game, but now he's sort of back on that level of everybody else in my mind where it's like, okay, like you're no longer the golden boy anymore. Now yeah. there's other, now there's other people who were watching and that's Minna. And there's also just the idea that you're not as dominant as we all thought you were. You know, I think that is, it's very true. I think that, while I do think that Punk is still like the best Street Fighter Five player, maybe other than Tokido, like I I do think that when this tournament started, I had him I had him going all the way, like no matter what, no matter every time when I like looked at him in my bracket, I was like, there's no way Punk's not going to take that. But yeah. I did think to myself, if Nemo beats, if Nemo wins the LCQ, which is essentially a tournament right before the right before Capcom Cup that decides the very last player. If Nemo wins it, he can beat Cat or he can beat Punk. And I think that that kind of speaks to the sort of just like the mix of Street Fighter Five in that just because one player is the best doesn't mean that there's some players that can beat him. And then it kind of kind of all starts mixing around and it becomes more about like matchups and more about who these players play and like their relationships to each other. And you get more of these different storylines. And I think that punk and Nemo had a very specific storyline with each other because Nemo didn't really come out and play all that much. But when he did, he was always in grand finals with punk every single time, all throughout the year. He was always with grand finals with punk. He didn't beat him every time, but sometimes he did. And I think that it kind of goes to show that like there's, as the scene grows, there's more and more players coming into the scene. And this is a new game. This is Street Fighter V. This isn't just like the Street Fighter game. This is Street Fighter V, which means that just because you're Daigo, just because you're Tokido, just because you're Punk, just because you're all these people doesn't mean that you're always going to take it because there's always going to be more people that distort, like integrating themselves into the scene. And, and it I also really, cool. yeah, and I think it really highlights um, just how important the mental game is and how, like, you're right. If, if, if you come up on a player who, like, the character matchups in your favor or you can beat anybody else in the tournament, but this one fucking dude just has you read or he is your demon. Then that, then the rest doesn't matter, you know? Um, and so I was, I was shocked to see him in losers bracket, um, all the way, like in top 16, I was like, wow, somebody beat fucking someone beat punk. And then to see him fizzle out was like, all right, man, like at this point in time, you're not, you're not, I'm not going into every tournament watching you anymore. Now you're yeah. just the person who, like, if you win, I will say I'm probably not surprised, but I'm not watching you anymore. Um, yeah. And that's sort of where I came out with him, you know. I think that he be he's starting to become that sort of person that's not like just just the unbeatable player, but he's just be establishing himself as a really good player. Like it's like when I watch Daigo now. When I I don't think that Daigo's going to win every match. 
But I do think that Daigo is one of the best players ever to play Street Fighter, right? Exactly. But I don't and, look and at then, him and think he's unbeatable at all. Sure, and and even to carry that forward, like one, I think uh, I think Punk actually did a lot for the scene culturally in the in the middle in the beginning of the year by yeah. bringing sort of teabagging in to yeah. competitive play, and honestly, I think shaking up a lot of the relationships. And I think he was a bridge between a lot of old players and new players. I think he got a lot of people talking to each other. I think he specifically created a lot of new friendships amongst some of the pros. And yeah. to me, the the scene feels a little more vibrant, a little more robust. And for some reason, I pin him kind of in the middle of all that. Yeah. Um, and I so that's something that I think. But then even just kind of picking up on the narrative threads that we're talking about, I was so happy to see Daigo go as far as he did. Oh, my God, um, me too. Because you're right, like Daigo is someone who I, I always am rooting for Daigo. I think everybody's always rooting for Daigo. Yeah. And it's been shitty to watch him not do so well with Street Fighter Five, And for him to get as far as he did, which what, he went top 16 or even top 8? He was top 8. So, top and 8. He got, yeah, and he know? beat the first couple rounds of top 8. So Exactly. And, and that was so fun to, to also watch. And that was one of the, the biggest takeaways for me as well. Is like Daigo is still in it, you know. I like seeing Daigo do so well because I think it, shows that the game is not as random or as ridiculously like you know just not as like just crazy as people think it is like obviously Daigo comes with the approach of being very systematic playing as like safe as possible playing as risk-free as possible but also like making the right reads and playing mm -hmm. as like professionally as possible I right. think is how I look at Daigo very and you technical. see Daigo do it yeah very technical and you see Daigo do it and you know that like okay this Daigo's labbing Daigo's doing all this work and it's coming out for him that way where you might see some other characters and players and think like, oh, maybe the character is uh, carrying them or maybe it's just like the randomness or whatever, because there's not there's a lot of like 50 50 and not like very safe options in Street Fighter five. But obviously mm -hmm. that's not the case because you got to look at the top eight and all these, you know, like fucking Tokido all year. All did year. well every single game every single tournament Tokyo's entered he's always done well which means that there's a right way to play it and Tokyo's found it and he's done fucking phenomenally right and then Absolutely. Nemo going as far as he did was awesome I love <laughs> like Nemo and his history especially against Itabashi Zangief dude and getting to play him that was one of my favorite matches to play and that's and, another thing because yeah. I love watching Itabashi Zangief go so far because he is one of my favorite players to watch period Absolutely. and I'm so happy he has found the success that he's found because Me anytime too. I get to watch a good Zangief play oh yeah it's so exciting Absolutely. That game, that character is just so hype in the idea that yeah. you, in order to get a series of events to work in your way, you have to get a series of reads to work in your way. Yeah. And when you do, one, you look like a fucking boss. You look like a G. You look like a boss, man. And you make the other dude look like a fucking predictable <laughs> dork. Yeah. Dude, every <laughs> single time. Goober. Yeah, when that dude fucking, at the very last match, when he was playing, uh, Mo, maybe it wasn't Moke, it was another Rashid player. But the Rashid player that he beat to get into top eight, uh, yeah, it was Moke. When he beat Moke to get into top eight and he made that final read, which was a fucking you were on the ground. You, he had an option. He could backdash. He could get a block. He could jump. He jumped. He read it. He hopped up and scooped him out of scooped the air. Yep. And you can see how bright the smile was on Itabashi's yeah. face. <laughs> gotcha. On how fucking, yeah, exactly. That's what he fucking looked like. <laughs> he looked like he was looking at Moke and going, gotcha, and then fucking yep. went on with it. And that, I love that. It was just so much fun. It was just so hype. It was so great. Um, and yeah, like I said, kudos to Mena RD for taking the whole thing. It was a fantastic tournament. And I think they fixed a lot of the stuff that they that were kind of people were complaining about from last year. And I think that this year was it was awesome. And so well, you enjoyed watching the tournament. I mean, it was it was great again to see Tokido uh, in the grand finals. It was sort of mm -hmm. like another um, piece of. It was like another solid reminder that he deserves to be where he is, that he is one of the best. Yeah. And so I, even though he lost, the fact that he made it to grand finals in winner's bracket was a huge win for me because I think Tokido is my favorite uh, Street Fighter player, probably yeah. like many people who watch Street Fighter. So that was great. Um, but, dude, I have to be 100% honest with you. Do it. The fact that I didn't get to watch it with you guys took a lot of the fun factor away from it because obviously yeah, like, watching it as a group is a lot of fun. And when I was watching it going through top 16 and top eight, I couldn't help but think that and if if the commentary wasn't here and it wasn't Capcom Cup, these matches would just look like YouTube matches to me. Yeah. And there wasn't a whole lot of like 
seeing tech I had never seen before, and I and I I honestly was a bit I was skipping matches like almost in, t- in, in with of like if, if if it was a player I didn't care about then I just wouldn't watch because I knew that the gameplay wasn't there for me to get excited about, and I I honestly was kind of bored throughout, and I think that just speaks to to where I'm at with Street Fighter and that the game bores me a little bit and I, I yeah. don't know like I kind of wanted to talk it out with you but that was sort of my takeaway after watching the whole tournament I totally like I respect your opinion completely because I love Street Fighter 5 I think that it's super fun there's a lot of characters that I really like there's a lot of characters that I really like to watch but at the end of the day there's a lot of parts about Street Fighter 5 that I that I don't like and one of them is like combo variety tech variety there's like your your options are so one dimensional or two dimensional rather and you're based around the game is supposed to be based around all these reads and while at the end of the day if that might be super cool when like the when you break it down to the mentality of like what these characters were thinking and blah 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 it still might not be as visually appealing as it is in street fighter 4 when people got like the combos that you didn't even think were possible when yeah. you watch those happen live and you thought you can fucking do that yeah. in this game. And that's the fact that you don't really get that out of Street Fighter V is a real fucking bummer. It really yeah, is. I mean, and that fucking sucks. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but watching the tournament bummed me out that we don't have events like this for Guilty Gear. Um, yeah. Because when I watch when I watched Guilty Gear at Evo for the first time and I actually knew something about the game, watching that high-level play... There was a feeling conveyed to me of like, dude, these players, when they get going, it's like a fucking freight train. Like mm-hmm. it is terrifying how good these these players are. And they're using the mechanics in ways that are so deep. And it's cool to see Itabashi Zangief get a hard read where he jumps up and yeah. does an SBD. It's even cooler when you see someone do a hard read that combines like not only a hard guess but also an insane amount of execution you know absolutely based off of a super situational like something super situational like that which is i think what guilty gear thrives on which is like understanding what situation you're in and then playing off of that as much as you can and that's like every minor detail like are they crouching where are you on the screen like Mm -hmm. how did you hit them in your air dash and stuff like that and i would like to see meter everything like yeah everything so much there's so much to take um to take in information wise you know and it's 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 interesting because i i definitely understand that um i still continue to love street fighter 5 a lot and I think going into season three, I am very hopeful for maybe some more changes that might like liven up that form of experience when it comes to the game, when it comes to like, you know, maybe adding more variety in the things that you can do, um, maybe more technicality to some of the execution that requires like some of the professionals to come in and kind of show us what's the best. Right. And I I hope to see that as season three kind of evolves. And um, just to kind of go on to that a little bit, I mean, so season three was pretty much just shown out at the end of Capcom cup. Yep. And there's already, I mean, it's a big change. There's going to be a million fucking new V triggers and everything like that, which is going to really change up the combo variety, hopefully. And then there's also going to be six new characters that they fucking announced at the very end, which was yeah. awesome. And I think that it's, it's super cool because for me personally, Cody got announced. I couldn't and if believe you that. To the show, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I could not believe it either. That was unreal. Dude. I cannot believe that Cody is in this game now. Because I have to be completely honest with you. I'm not just negging you. I'm not just giving you shit. Yeah, I think Cody is one of the dumbest... <laughs> Boring character designs. Just what's so boring about what's so boring about Cody? Hit me up with why. He doesn't make sense. Why does he not make sense? A prisoner who's sleepy and just says like doofy. Like he just is boring. There's nothing interesting about him. You're oversimplifying the character. That's all he is. That's like saying that fucking yeah, Da Vinci was just like a dork who sat inside all day and just like worked on his crafts. You know, like what is he? Why is he even important? What do you see in Cody? Besides, I'm gameplay aside, the design of the character, the design of the character. Look at Cody. Okay. Cody saved Metro city in final fight. He beat up a bunch of hooligans. And he had to go to jail for it. Okay, he put his life on the line, and he went to jail for it. 
Okay, now he's in jail. What have you ever stood up for something? Yeah, yeah, for real. (laughs) And he's wearing shackles now, okay? And he realizes while he's in these shackles, hey, man, people kind of have a chance against me. This is fun. This is kind of cool. Maybe I'll fart around with this. So he just kept the shackles on. All right, he breaks out of jail every now and again. Does he take his handcuffs off, Chase? No, because then you wouldn't even have a chance. And why is that cool? Huh? Because he's unbeatable, but then he <laughs> limits himself to being beatable, and he plays. Uh, his, yeah, he's a he's a fighter. He's a brawler. But in the new season three, apparently he has really sharpened himself up. He's wearing a suit. He's wearing a three piece suit, which yeah. uh, I don't know about you, Chase, but you and me vibe on fashion pretty well. We do. And uh, a three piece suit is pretty awesome. It's where All you right? go. Yeah. So I mean, uh, with him coming out, is is the goal to get to platinum with Cody? Easily, I think I want to get to platinum before season three comes out. All right, well, you better get going, dude. I, I need to get started on that right after this podcast, probably. Because we've also got Dragon Ball Fighters. I don't know where you're going to find the time, because I'm going to tell you what, man. We've been saying all year that Dragon Ball Fighters is the end-all, be-all, and the closer we get to the release date, the more it you're really, interested in getting better at Street dude, Fighter, which is fine happening. with me, dude. Yeah, well, well, if you uh-huh. want to go ahead and, and leave the door yeah. open, yes. I'll gladly walk through. That's, dude, it fucking sucks how interested I am in Street Fighter Five right now. It yeah, literally bums. It I bums agree. me out how much they got me back in. Okay, all the new characters, fucking Sakura, Blanca, fucking sucks. Yeah, uh, Sagat, Sagat, Falke cool. is a pretty cool or Falker, however you say her name. I mean, who knows what she's gonna be like? G, who? What's he about? Is he like Q? Who? Nobody knows. I'm fucking interested. All the new V triggers. I'm fucking interested, and I'm anticipating the game. And that sucks knowing that that game's gonna or that arcade edition's gonna come out so close to Dragon Ball Fighters. It's and you're going to be nice. over here. You don't give a fucking shit no. about Street Fighter V. And you are just waiting to lab it up the yeah. second Dragon Ball Fighters comes out. And this sucks because treat... this is a universal game for us as a group. Oh, yeah. As a group, this is like You have this no excuse not to have Dragon Ball Fighters be the best game that you have. Absolutely. That is the, that is the game between all of us as a group that should be our focus for sure. Yeah. And it sucks because I'm going to be very spread thin because I'm interested in Arcade. You're already Cody spread came thin. Out. I'm already spread thin. You're getting dude, beat on all sucks. fronts. Dude, Max, I got to say, I think this is the first year that you've been brought down a peg, man. I am getting beat in Tekken, and I'm getting uh-huh. beat in Guilty Gear. I'm not yes, getting beat in all fronts. Every other That's game. That's two out of three, am, man. <laughs> look, there's, other, there's more than just those three that I am maintaining a lifespan in. But you are right. I need to uh, I need to diversify my bonds here a little bit and uh, spread it out a little bit, get into the lab. I so, agree. but that's because, and I will be getting into the lab with Dragon Ball Fighter Z because a few new characters got announced today. Yes, I guess we can. What we'll briefly close up on this. We got to touch on the Dragon Ball Fighters news because obviously everybody knows that we are the the fucking quintessential. We are Dragon the Ball premier podcast. podcast to come to whenever you need the most experienced knowledge on Dragon Ball Fighters, Absolutely. and that will be that the three new characters got announced today, and that's going to be Hit. Beerus and Goku Black. Right. Do these mean anything to you, Chase? You know, I said on a few episodes ago, there's too many Gokus now. Yeah. I already I said it before. I put my flag in the sand. Too many Gokus. And mm-hmm. Goku Black, I haven't seen Dragon Ball Super. He looks fucking cool. He looks great. He's I would take Goku Black, black over probably God, Super Saiyan God Goku. Easy. Um, Any day of the week. So... I think there's too many goddamn Gokus, and now I'm actually worried that they're not they're going to play too similar, and it's going to be a detriment to the game. Yeah. Um, that being said, Beerus, uh, happy to have him in. Um, I, you know, I've only seen him in the movies, and I thought he was I thought he was okay. You know, he was entertaining. He wasn't like he didn't crack me up. I think he's kind of a funny character in concept, yeah. but not one that like gets me going. I don't know much about Hit. I know that you and Hunter really like Hit, so yes, we do. That's good. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But dude, yeah. we're at twenty four characters in this game already. Yeah, and I think that's I, it. That's it's maxed out, right? This is the this is the character roster. We know. I now, would right? imagine because I would imagine that the launch trailers are probably coming in next, and yeah. anything else is going to be DLC. But dude, when we when we first started talking about this game, I had guessed that there would be eighteen characters. I said anything yeah. eighteen and above, I'll be satisfied with. And we're yeah. at twenty four. And twenty four plus is a full fucking roster for a fighting game, dude. And that's not including the six DLC characters that were rumored already. So Exactly. And like be... it just it just continues to nail in the the point that I have felt all the way through that this game 
that Arc System Works is making is like it is a full-fledged fighting game package. They are coming yeah. right out the gate on their strongest foot forward and the PR cycle for this game since it's been announced has just never stopped gaining yeah. momentum. I agree. I think that outside of that like DLC debacle that they came out with, which was like apparently if you buy the highest grade product you don't get the deals like you buy the hundred dollar version or whatever you don't get the dlc which is kind of stupid but i think they went and redacted that in some way i think you get it now but other than that literally i've just i've been feeding off of the energy of dragon ball fighter z or dragon ball fighters and then i kind of come all the way down and i'm like you know what it's gonna be just it's just a game max don't worry about it and uh-huh. then they release the next three characters and i'm like this is the game this yeah. is a game that I will yeah. be playing. This is the only game I will play because this is the game I want to play. And that's it. End of story. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'm stoked. And I and like even even with this new character pack, like Hit, I like Hit. I've seen a lot of Hit uh, stuff from the show, and I love it. I haven't watched a whole lot of stuff with Goku Black in it. But for some reason, when I saw the character, I was like, this character looks fucking cool. He looks fucking kick-ass. I, yeah. will, I will absolutely consider this character as somebody I want to play. And Beerus is cool, too. Um Dude, I'm I'm fucking I'm fucking stoked on it, dude. So, so well, just just to end it out, we yeah. also got information on um, a little. We got a little more information on Shenron okay. and how the mechanics work. So apparently, the Dragon Balls appear. They gather one by one when you pull off specific numbers of combos. So apparently, as each player, I think just maybe like reaches a combo threshold, it's what adds um, the Dragon Balls up. So presumably in a game with high level play where the combos are huge, they'll probably be gathering much quicker, which would make sense because we also now know what the wishes do. You have four wishes, Mm -hmm. one of which gives a full HP recovery to one of your characters. Another is a uh, teammate revival, and it doesn't say how much health you get. Another one is an addition of the sparking icon, which I imagine works a lot like bursts do in um, Guilty Gear. And then cool. the last one is a constantly re- recovering HP effect for one of your characters. So yeah. it's essentially a comeback uh, mechanic. And the I still am not entirely sure on how to trigger the wish and who gets the wish. But yeah. I do think it's a little gimmicky. I think it's a little it's the most heavy handed mechanic. I want to see how it plays out in competitive play. But I'm not thrilled and I'm not like against it yet, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way. My my initial reaction to it is like that's not for competitive play. But I don't want to just disparage anything that might be adding something new or fresh. Yeah. Just when I look at something like this, I think, do I want this to happen in every match? Exactly. And probably not. Do I so it has to be something time? that that needs to be tricky enough to get. You know, and that's that's becomes, you know, it gets that gray area of like what is tricky enough to get in competitive play versus like how does that affect casual play? Because you want somebody to be able to get it in casual play because it's a part of the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm I'm still kind of up in the air about it. I don't know. I don't I'm not super obsessed with the idea, but I haven't. Like I said, we still just like we just now know what they do. So I'm not going to sit here and shit on it when I've never even seen it in action. So. I still think the concept of a shared meter is exciting. I still think yeah. the mind games that can go into that is exciting. And I try to look at it as instead of both players getting X Factor in Marvel versus Capcom, only one of them do, and it's a fight to see who's going to get at that match. And I think that's that's cool in concept. That is a cool that is cool in concept. And I'm excited to see how this plays, man. And like I said, like even with these new characters coming out, I saw all sorts of professional players from Guilty Gear to Sonic Fox to Street Fighter Five players all talking about it. Which Guilty which, Gear players? Uh, like beautiful dude and uh Venom or no, not the Venom fucking the player who played Ryan Hunter. Okay, so no, Venom. no so those Japanese, are the two that I follow. Any Japanese players? Been I don't follow yet? any Japanese players yeah, on Guilty Gear because they only post in Japanese and I cannot read that. Yeah, and I would like to, but I can't yet. So maybe in the future I will follow them. Word. But uh, like I, I mean, I'm just saying that like I'm I'm really excited for this game to kind of come out and hopefully get everybody together onto one unanimously liked thing. Cause there's a lot of fucking negativity going around in the FGC right now. There's a lot of toxicity really? going on. Yeah, absolutely. Man, when it comes to Marvel versus Capcom, uh, street fighter five is like finally gotten positivity for the first time in forever. I feel like this is the first time I've seen people talk like 
positively about Street Fighter Five in a very long time with this new season update. Um, and then, yeah, with every other fighting game, it has their own things. But I'm excited to see everybody kind of come together and play this game for the first time. And just with our own circle of friends, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be fucking sick. So let's go ahead and end it there. It's been kind of running long. We'll keep the second half short a little bit. But for now, let's go ahead and beat up boop out of here for a little bit of a halftime. Beat up boop. A beat up bip. Beat up beep boop. Bit. Uh, we're done. Okay. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. And we're back at halftime. We've been talking a lot, which means we've been drinking a lot, Chase. It's true. You, yeah, how, how do you feel about your your drink so far? So the Westland whiskey is incredibly smooth. It's very easy go. to drink. Beautiful. Which is nice. That's what I look yeah, that's for. That's a good thing. Yeah, when I'm... Not a lot of people know this. That's actually good thing. Yeah, about you want to be able to consume it. Yeah. Um... It, it has a, a, a pretty thick mouthfeel and a flavor profile that lingers on a little bit after the sip is done, which is always nice. And that sort of, there's like a deep, almost roastiness to the malt flavor, like a chocolatiness, um, which, which Darian had said is kind of like the main characteristic of it. It's got like a, a rich sort of caramel, chocolatey uh, flavor to it. And it just... You don't get you don't get a lot of sort of the citrus honey notes that some of the other scotches have been peddling. This one's more of just like it stands really well on its own because I think of how simple it is, but how deep that simplicity goes. It's not complex in that it's giving you a whole lot of flavors, but it's still like it's not thin and simple, you know. It's not thin and simple? Correct. Okay. Well, that's good. It sounds pretty delicious. I have uh, never heard of it before, but maybe I'll pick it up next time I'm around somewhere. Uh, as far as my gingerbread stout is going, um, it's good. It's definitely sweet, uh, which is something that I tend to not lean towards when it comes to beers. Um, yeah. With a stout, you know, you expect a little bit more of like a mouthier feel to it, a mouthier punch to it but it's almost got a thinness that when combined with that sweetness just makes it not as pleasurable to drink as a beer you know it's it's almost like a delicious sweet drink like you would attribute to like a soda in that sense yeah. but as far as being a beer I'm not super stoked on it as far as the complexity to it I mean the gingerbread in that sweet it's, the gingerbread is there but it's mostly about how sweet it is which I don't know. I'm not super into it so far. I wish there was more of a thickness to it, which gave it more of like a winter feel, like more of for the festive holidays, given December and how cold it can be and how cold for some reason it's fucking been in Texas. Right. Uh, but so far, there's just, I mean, that's really the things that stand out to me the most. It's going to be the thinness and the sweetness to it, which hasn't been super great. But, you know, we still got a whole other half of the podcast for it to open up. Maybe that's how far. It, maybe that's what waiting. it takes. It's, yeah, it's, you know? maybe it's a little shy, but it's maybe it's shy. You know, let it just really, you know, get get its footing, and then then really pop out to me. So I'm not going to make any decisions yet. Right, right. Uh, but Chase, we don't really have anything else planned, uh-huh. except for the fact that we have a shit ton of housekeeping to do in yep. our email section. We are a very popular show. Apparently, of course we are. amongst right, a couple people. Yeah, amongst three people, they've we've got a backlog of emails, and I think it's about <laughs> time we really hashed them out here. So let's go ahead right. and dive right into the. Let's the do mail it. Let's corner. hop into Dunter's mail corner. It's, it. it's Dunter's mail corner now. <laughs> and we're gonna start today with a message from Ben Ebig. Ben, man, whenever see that's the thing is, there's there's two people that email the show all the time, 
right? Yes. Not Ben, but that makes it all the more special. That's when what, ben yeah. When Ben pops in, in, we open the door, take your we shoes say, off. Oh, you're here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you need a drink? Come right in, dude. What do you need? You want to hop on my PlayStation, get a few platinums? Yeah, of course, please. He says, "What's up, Banter Nation? This past week, I absolutely lost my shit when Soul Calibur Six was revealed to the mm-hmm. world." I fell in love with these games on PS2, and I've platinumed all of them on PS3. As fellow fighting game enthusiasts, is this a game that you're excited for? So, I also saw that Soul Calibur 6 was announced, and Soul Calibur is kind of weird to me, because Soul Calibur holds a similar place in my heart that Mortal Kombat holds, which is that it was was a fighting game... Yeah, absolutely. It was a fighting game that I was super into before I was into like competitive fighting games. And once I got into competitive fighting games, I tended to lose a lot of touch with some of these other games like Mortal Kombat. And not that Mortal Kombat doesn't have a competitive scene, but I just wasn't as into that. And Soul Calibur specifically, because it's been a while since Soul Calibur has really shaken up the place a little bit. I mean, this has been the longest between releases we've ever had in the Soul Calibur series. It's been ages it? since the last one came out. Yeah, it's the longest we've I, gone. Yeah, I've never, I never really played Street Fighter or uh, Soul Calibur Five. I never really played it. Uh, Soul Calibur Four was one of the best creative character systems of all time. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You make knights. It was it was great. I think that was actually Soul Calibur three that had that super crazy creative character system, and it had like a really sick single player system where you could like go around and make a party of characters, and like you went around this map. It was it's a really elaborate system, but I and I really love Soul Calibur three a lot. A lot of people like Soul Calibur two because that was the one that had uh like the whole Link or Spawn oh, yeah. or that's what um, got me into the series, Hayachi. dude. Like I was yeah. a huge, I still am a huge Zelda fan. And um, playing as Link was incredible. Yeah, and I and I I didn't have a GameCube at the time, and I had a PlayStation Two, which meant that I had Hayachi. And just at mm-hmm. the time, I wasn't a huge Tekken fan. Right. Like I said, I was a Soul Calibur and Mortal Kombat fan. So I was like, "Who is this fucking old man in my Soul Calibur game? I don't give a shit." Right. And that and it, but it wasn't until till Soul Calibur three with all that other extra creative character content and just for some reason that was the first time that I really played amongst my immediate group of friends with Riley and Jeremy and we all played this fighting game together and I was better than them and it felt great. That was one of the first like, oh shit. Got a little taste I'm, of the wine. Huh? Yeah, I am beating these other people because I know and more about this game. And they hate it. And they are so and salty. I'm relishing and I'm relishing it. And I'll never feeling. tell them that yeah. they're getting better. <laughs> <I'm> never- <laughs> Absolutely. I will not help them at all, all right? Uh, but I really love that. But since then, you know, I've kind of fallen off. That being said, you know, I'm I'm open to this game. I hope that Soul Calibur Six. I hope that it sticks around in some sense. I hope that it makes waves in the competitive scene. I hope that it ends up being a good just game to own, because chances are I will probably get it because I like Soul Calibur and I want to support the series. I want to support Bandai Namco just in general. Yeah, and I would like for there to be some form of. Even if I wasn't going to play this game competitively or with friends, I want there to be something for me to play it then. Yeah, I hope I hope it's got a bunch of robust modes, kind of like the other ones had. And yeah. I'm a bit worried because fighting games have somehow become like this incredible non-niche. You know, it became like, so saturated in like six months. Yeah, there's in like so six many. months. There's oh, there's ten thousand fighting games. Are you fucking kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's, it's like we're going through a renaissance. Honestly, it's really cool to see. It really um, is. It's great. It's the game, from what I've seen, looks time. beautiful. The graphics look fantastic, and I would be interested because it w- it's another three D fighter to play that isn't Tekken. And Tekken is just, I think, hyper technical and. There's a. It feels very staccato to me in its movement, and that everything is so deliberate. And and Soul Calibur has much more of a fluid, like a fluidity to it that I've always yeah, enjoyed. I agree with that. And I like that it's so weapons driven. And you know, I played Soul Calibur two in an arcade uh, earlier this year, actually, and I've never played Soul Cal or no Soul Calibur like one, like one of the originals, the original. You know, it was just like four buttons or whatever. And within minutes, I was having a blast. And I was like, this game at its core is so much fun. So I think I'm going to be keeping my eye on it. I I can't say I'm going to be diving in right away, but I'm excited that it got announced. I'm happy for people who like Soul Calibur. I imagine it would be something that, like, 
if you catch me on a good day, you just all you got to say is a few good things about it, and you'll convince me to buy it. You know? Yeah. No, I, I I'm in the exact same boat, right? Like I'm I'm spread thin throughout a million other fighting games, but I'm kind of looking at this game more as just a game than a fighting game. Like I would like to just play it and have fun with it. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Dooney Ray, continuing with the fighting game theme. He says, Noctis from Final Fantasy will be making his way into Tekken 7 as a guest character. So far, every additional DLC character for uh, Tekken 7 has been a guest, and there's been no love shown towards legacy characters. So he wants to know, in general, how many guest characters are too many in a fighting game? Is there a limit? And should there always be um, love paid towards the legacy characters versus the the guest characters? Yeah, I mean, look, dude, I'm. it's perfect for somebody like me who has zero attachment to the Tekken characters. Mm-hmm. I have no, like, dude, who who is not in Tekken 7? I don't even fucking know because I never played really before we this. Have to, we have to give homage that, like, the geese announcement was one of the best that was announcements so in history. awesome to all of us <laughs> be together. Yeah. And I remember Israel freaking the fuck out and being like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And like, I remember yeah. him saying that while we were all together in a room, everybody tweaking out to geese. And it's like, I don't even have that much attachment to geese, but it's right. just, that's such a perfect fit. Oh yeah. That I feel just, the same way about Noctis, dude. I think Noctis is a perfect fit. Oh yeah. Series. That's he again. Looks, he looks like a Tekken character. Yeah. I have no attachment to Final Fantasy 15 at all. I never fucking played it. I respect it. I think it's a cool looking game. I know the character. But when he got announced, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to play that character for sure. That looks fucking <laughs> awesome. That looks yeah. fucking great. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I mean, when I look at Street Fighter V, now with every you know announcement of DLC, I'm pretty much just looking for legacy characters because I have mm-hmm. an attachment to the, to the genre. But... At the same time, I still really respect what they did with season two, which was to announce all new characters. Because I, right. I obviously, I mean, I main Ed now. Manat is awesome. Abigail is fucking awesome. Um, Fuck. I don't really like Colleen that much, but I think her her play style is unique and cool, and offers a variety of ways that you can now play the game that I didn't expect. So I assume the same thing when it comes to to Tekken characters. Like I think Geese, with all of his fucking like. Uh, parry system and everything that he's got going for him and his new stage offers a more a more unique approach to the game that you probably couldn't get from some of the legacy characters so i support it and i think that tekken 7 is building itself as being a a game that's like not just about tekken i think that right they have some rights to some i know they have a lot of rights to street fighter characters so maybe they're just really expanding on that with all these other characters to really spice up their game what about something like injustice or mortal Kombat, where you get players like alien or freddy the teenage mutant ninja turtles you get some of these more outlandish guest appearances and i've seen people argue like and i think this line of argument is honestly a little too purist but like guest characters shouldn't be in fighting games period because they're essentially like almost duping players into playing the game casually when it should be more about like you know what i mean just just an idea that it's it's more of a gimmick than it is about something that's being added to the game i'm not going to deny that it's not a gimmick but i think that the idea that like oh this is just tricking people into playing casually what it's doing is it's getting casuals to buy and support the game so that there's more money involved in the game so that people involved competitively can still use these characters and still play this game at a level that supports them and you know supports these tournaments that can be that big i don't think that that's i don't think that it's duping character or duping people at all right man and I don't think that, and when you, like, the ones that you reference, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that was one of the sickest reveals of the it's fucking great year. great fit, yeah. That was fucking awesome. And it was such a fucking, like, when they threw down the the sigh and everybody was just like, oh, Melina, that fucking sucks. Right. And then it was yeah. just the Ninja Turtles. He's like, are you shitting me? <laughs> and then that coupled with Adam being in the game and uh, Adam is fucking, like, just ends up being a very awesome character. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that that's fine. All right. Uh, next question comes from Dunter, who's uh, the email subject is bap poop bleep plop, which, you know. Thank you, Dunter. Yeah. I can appreciate it. the theme. Yeah, of course. As a group, can you please sum up the internet for me in one sentence? Dunter, where am I banta at? Horset. Sum up the internet. In a single sentence. A single now, we sentence. can. There's room to play here, Matt, because it's possible to make long sentences. 
So yeah. we need to figure out what the internet is. We need to distill the internet down. I think what do you think about when you think of the internet? When it was yeah. created was the promise of <laughs> yeah. infinite access to <laughs> yeah. information. Of course. And a tool yeah. that was going to elevate all of us. I think it's when it instead, was created. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's instead it? turned into yeah. a mirror. What is it now? And a mirror. it's very divisive. Um, so I think there's an aspect of the people who use it every day and it's be, it's become this dopamine loop where they can just sort of get in there, get their notifications, keep swiping, keep yeah. scrolling. Dopamine loop is definitely a sick band name for sure. Dopamine loop would be pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, of course. They anyway. can get in there and then they can also specialize the the like the words and images they see every day they can literally like kind of create their own concept of reality um through the internet but then you also have people who want to learn you know it's very easy to learn on the internet you have access to youtube videos that can teach you almost anything you can become an artist on youtube you can find a journal and have access to world libraries you know you can learn you can be you you can learn like coding and things that are more technologically advanced for free like you can just get on there and just learn there's an infinite amount of knowledge yeah so that's sort of what i think is there anything else you want to add before we try to make the actual sentence i think that you're not taking into account that i definitely go onto the internet for comedy purposes it's hilarious it's 100 percent. it's bread this it's new form of comedy yeah, that memes. is now only possible through the internet. Memes and that idea of like that sort of instant picture and a new quote or gif or whatever it is or just short videos that have literally made like <laughs> produced some of the funniest moments in our lives. Which is, right. you know, like, and I think that's that's something that I, I think about the most is that when I when I scroll through a Twitter feed, I'm mostly looking to laugh more than anything else. Right. Right. And that's, and it's great when I learn something and it's great when somebody tells me something that I didn't know. But at the end of the day, if I'm scrolling through a Twitter feed, I'm looking to laugh and it very rarely fails that I do. So that's, that's what it is to me. So I think I would say for better or worse, it can do it all. (laughs) It can do it all. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's a coverall, and I think I will support you on that. So we'll do that. All right. Thank you for the question, Duncher. And then we've got a question from Hunter Dorsett. Of course, it's a tra- yeah. traditional witty banter. If you're not on the show, if you got to email. If you're not on the show, him. you got to email. Yeah, of course. He's got a, uh, he says, hey, dickin' ball biters is what he calls <laughs> us. What he say? He's like, hey, guys, I just became a millionaire with all my bitcoins that I that I bought. Uh, I'm now not going back to, to the show. Okay. <laughs> Since today I thoroughly cleaned the office's communal drip coffee dispenser because it had built up nasty old coffee remnants in the gauge. I guess no yeah, one else disgusting. gives a shit. I often find myself doing cleaning efforts like this around the office. Initially, I always feel good because it's a good deed and everyone benefits. But similar to giving 75 cents to a homeless guy, I later realize I probably did it mostly to feel good about myself as opposed to doing it out of sheer integrity and mutual benefit. You guys ever do this sort of thing? What are some of the things that you think that what are some things you like to think that you do for others, but realize in the end you are the ultimate beneficiary? Is this behavior narcissistic or am I being too self-critical? He's, I mean, what, well, what do you have to say about this, Chase? I have go a, first. I mean, either way, I have a pretty strong viewpoint on this idea. <coughs> Me too. Yeah. Um, no, I think at the end of the day, people re- need to realize that it is a selfish act to give yeah. if it makes you feel good. And that is perfectly okay. Okay. That's it 100% okay. Thank what God he we did, agree. yeah, it does not make what he did any less because ultimately it also benefits him. That is like, th- that's sort of the the easiest through line to sort of preaching a rational, self interested philosophy is that everything you do ultimately should come back to your own happiness. That doesn't mean that you're doing it at the expense of others. Um. Or that because it also benefits you, it somehow negates the quote-unquote integrity that he's talking about. 
instead, like we should recognize that the purest form of altruism is sacrifice. It would be, it would be beating yourself because it helped other people, right? Like the best, the most altruistic actions are the ones that would hurt you the most and that we somehow want to glorify those. And I think that's backwards and fucked up. I don't think we should glorify those kind of things. So for me, he's just kind of touching on a truth to basically, I, I don't really, the only example of like a truly selfless person I can think of is someone like, um, mother Teresa or somebody, you know, yeah. who I think actually was act, actually working yeah. with no, a total selfless, uh, sort of interest. So uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I think that it's, it's definitely, you know, it makes the idea of cleaning out your company coffee pot that much more glorified. Uh, but I do agree that just because you do something because it makes you feel good in the fact that it benefits others does not make it any less important or make it any less beneficiary to the people around yeah. you. You know, I think that it, that, I think that it's a good trait. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good trait to feel good about helping people. Why is that like, why is that a bad thing to feel good about, like to feel good about yourself for helping people? You should absolutely promote that self image of like helping others should make you a, feel like a better person because you are like in, in that sense, you know? And I think that it's, it's being, it is egotistical, but being egotistical and taking care of yourself in your own happiness is not inherently negative. So I, yeah, I agree. I think that if, yeah, you should absolutely do it for yourself and for others, do it for everybody because you are included in everybody. Right on. All right. We'll go ahead and stop there. Uh, you know, we still got some emails to go through and we'll continue to rock it through. But I think we, we try to house clean, show. but you know, sometimes we, we just house. got cut up. Yeah. We got a, we got a filthy house. You can clean one room at a time. Okay. But this room was, is gorgeous. It's pristine right now. So, well, is there any final words you want to say about the, uh, how do you say the whiskey that you're drinking? It is the Westland American single malt whiskey. I think this is one of the better, um, whiskeys I've ever had. I'm not a big whiskey fan. I'm not a big bourbon fan. I find bourbon usually to be a little too sweet. I find whiskey to be a little too hot. This whiskey is probably my favorite one that I've had to be completely honest. There you go. Uh, it's incredibly easy to drink, even though it's got a very high alcohol content and it's, um, it's just flavorful. It, it has a malty character to it that I would expect in something like a beer, but it is able to, it still feels like a, it feels like a whiskey. It's not like I'm drinking a beer. It's like, I, I'm definitely drinking something that's, that's heavier, that's hotter. And it, it really lingers. Uh, the flavor lingers in my mouth after the sip. It doesn't, it's not thin and simple in that, in that way. And yeah, man, it's just really good. That's good, man. I think that, uh, that sounds like a delicious whiskey. I didn't realize that you weren't really a whiskey a whiskey fan that much. Yeah. What kind no, of alcohols I mean, do you lend to, tend to drink towards? Because I feel like I've I've seen you drink straight whiskeys before. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll try it. I'll drink bourbon in like a in a cocktail, but no, I, my my favorite spirits if I'm going to drink something neat is going to be scotch, and then my favorite cocktail drinks are just gin and uh, tequila. So. Oh yeah, I feel That's you on the tequila front. Uh, so <laughs> this beer, I mean, I gave it some time to open up. <laughs> Tried our best, you know. I really did, and I don't really, you know. I'm. It's it's probably for somebody. It's just not for me, you know. It's just it's very it's thin and it's sweet, which gives it a very like. Ah, just very not beer esque taste. I feel like I was drinking a, a sweet beverage, like a dessert beverage. And in a way, I, I mean, I probably was. I mean, it's it's a gingerbread stout, you know, but I kind of wish that the gingerbread and sweetness was more subdued than it is and maybe had more body to the stout itself because other than that, I wasn't super, super, super into it. So, uh, well, maybe we'll, we'll figure out something next week. Maybe and find something that might make it's up for the the fest or the festivus beer. Uh, but other than that, let's just go ahead and talk about how you can find more of our episodes on the wittybantershow.com. You can find 
me at probably max on twitter you can find chase at bodacious chase on twitter if you don't want to have to choose just go ahead and follow the show at witty banter show on twitter if you choose not to decide you still have made a choice you still made the choice to not decide which is really strong and you, know you should go ahead you know who you know what that is give me three guesses rush yes is it really right <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm glad that I was on on the show with my best bud that I obviously have a you know a connection with yep. you know obviously. So without further ado, Chase, go ahead and beat up boop out of here. All right. Uh, bid you adieu. We'll see y'all next week, guys. Bid a pip, guys. Witty banter. Witty banter.